It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, Agent Kruger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page or group. This week's episode, The Mothman. All right. On November 12th, 1966, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, five men in a cemetery witnessed a terrifying humanoid creature take flight. It was seen again three days later. Was it a man? A beast? A spandex-clad accountant? Let's find out in this week's episode, The Mothman. Before we get started, just an update on a previous case. Jamie Spears will be stepping down as the conservator of Britney Spears' estate and her person. His lawyers wanted to be very clear that it's all a bunch of bullshit and he shouldn't have to step down, but he is anyways because of reasons. I don't know. They didn't say. They just said that he shouldn't have to. But I mean, you know, once somebody's a vegetable, there's no coming back from that, right? So she probably still needs a caretaker. Anyways, uh, I, ha- I hate to say I told everybody so and I was right, but hey, I told everybody so and I was right. There he goes. So hopefully she'll get some personal freedom sometime soon. Probably not. But, I happen. You know, I, ha- I happen to disagree with one notion that you just that? made, though. I, I become what? a vegetable at least once a week and recover all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I stand corrected. <laughs> Anyways, let's get to this week's topic. I believe Agent Ether is going to start us off with some uh, history on West Virginia. Uh, Point Pleasant, specifically, it sits in Mason County, and it's named for Camp Point Pleasant, which was established in 1774 by General Andrew Lewis. It's where the Ohio and Kawawa Rivers join to the south, and there's a fort located there, and their motto is, The Place Where History and Rivers Meet. It's a small, tight-knit community. It's only three square miles large, and a third of that is actually water. The population kind of peaked in the 70s at 6,000, and it's since, for reasons unknown, gone down to about 3,000. It has an interesting history. There's said to have been a curse because in 1777, Chief Cornstalk was murdered. Cornstalk had led the Shawnee and Mingo warriors against Colonel Lewis, and it would be the future site of the town. The Battle of Pleasant is locally thought of as the first battle of the American Revolution, and in 1908, the U.S. Senate authorized the erection of a local monument to celebrate. Yeah, I know. I hear everybody <laughs> snickering. <laughs> they, wait, wait, they were celebrating what now? What? <laughs> I only heard one word. Sorry. I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, George Washington <laughs> journeyed to the Ohio River in 1770. And, you know, there were a lot of military grants and proclamations at the time. And basically that area where... George Washington went to was parceled off to different people. He got a large part of land, but Andrew Lewis did as well. And that would be where the town would eventually be founded. And of course, where our Mothman originates. 
Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant. Hell Sounds yeah. like a nice place. Man, worldwide, baby. <laughs> With a colorful American history. You yep. got a pleasant point right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Center. Our first sighting was on November 12th when allegedly, or, you know, not allegedly, but actually, five grave diggers witnessed the Mothman whilst digging a grave. The second sighting, which is the more well-known, well, actually, there's a couple of them kind of clustered around, but the more well-known sightings came a little bit later on the 15th. And one of them was in the so-called TNT area, the Old West Virginia Ordnance Works, an abandoned dynamite and ammunition factory, which was actually sort of a facility that sprawled across many acres with lots of different bunkers and facilities and mm-hmm. things, but it was all abandoned. It was here that two couples driving in a black 57 Chevy Bel Air at midnight witnessed the strange creature. And just as an aside, if you've never seen a 57 Chevy Bel Air, I recommend you go ahead and do that right now. You'll thank me. Yes. Black or any other color. It don't really matter. Beautiful. Beautiful machine. Oh, yeah. Linda Scarberry saw two large glowing red eyes peering out of the darkness near the old North Power Plant. She screamed at the sight of it. This alerted the others, and they saw a humanoid creature, seven feet tall, with wings folded on his back. Roger Scarberry was driving the car. He slowed down upon sighting the creature, but sped up again as it unfurled its wings and launched into the air. As they sped away, the creature followed their car. They raced back to town, reaching speeds over a hundred miles an hour. The creature kept pace and followed them all the way to Point Pleasant, where it finally gave up the chase and disappeared. The two couples regrouped in town, reflecting upon the experience. Thinking they had just fled from a bird, they drove back to the TNT area. Hey, if I could, if I could add to something real quick, like yeah. one thing, one thing that I, I I thought of immediately, like I didn't hear much of an explanation of like uh, the type of double date that they were going on, like where were they coming from? And like, yeah, well, they were out like, in the what, middle of the TNT exactly? area, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're out in the middle of nowhere, nothing out there really besides those, you know, that 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 rundown plant and stuff, you know. And what exactly were they doing? There was a on. wildlife preserve close to there, so maybe they were just bird watching. Yeah. At yeah, midnight? yeah, there, yeah, you're right. What yeah. kind of party is this? <laughs> yeah, at midnight and shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. I'm just saying sure. is all. Just, just saying is all. Maybe it was like That's a sat- satanic ritual. Maybe that was a satanic ritual, and they helped oh. to summon the Mothman. You conjured it up. Yeah. Oh shiz. Why not? I think we're onto something right there, dude. Yeah, I think so. I like it. You know, I didn't run across any theories about demons, but I am kind of digging this. I think there. I think some people do consider it to be like demonic, although I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Yeah, there there seems to be different opinions. Like some people think it's a harbinger of of you know a coming disaster, and some people think it's actually like you know the warning you know everybody else about a coming disaster. Like they didn't necessarily bring it on; they're just warning about it. You know? Right. But we'll get into all that stuff later, of course. Yeah. Okay, so I'll start again at the two couples regrouped in town, reflecting upon the experience. Thinking they had just fled from a bird, they drove back to the TNT area. The creature, lurking on the side of the road, was illuminated by the car's headlights. It wasn't any natural earthly creature, but something else. Once again, the creature burst into the air. Perhaps it was blinded by the lights. Perhaps it was tired of the chase. Either way, this time it disappeared into the night. 
They returned to Point Pleasant once again, this time reporting to the police. They told their story to Sheriff George Johnson and Deputy Miller Halstead. Halstead? Halstead. The police investigated the area of the sighting but found nothing. Another sighting happened on the same night. Merle Partridge was watching TV when he saw strange symbols flash across the screen. His dog began growling at something outside. He heard a strange noise and went out with a flashlight to investigate. His dog went out with him. He saw the Mothman and ran back inside to get his gun. He was too frightened to venture back outside. His poor little doggy was never seen or heard from ever again. This is a sad story. Oh, man, Let's move is. on to the next one. It is a sad story. Yeah. yeah. Well, that no. also, that is an outlier as far as the stories, because that's the only one I could find where somebody or something was harmed by the Mothman. Because mm. the implication there is that the dog was sort of, you know, eaten or taken away or something, right? Yeah, um, he's probably a little snacky poo, you know? Yeah, yeah, for that uh, big What kind of a dog was it? Uh, I, kind of German, I think it was a German Shepherd. Okay. Oh, so this ain't no snacky poo. That's a, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ain't no schlunt. It's a good-sized dog right there. Ain't no buddy cryptid. Yeah. <laughs> man. Man, but yeah, no, if you're going to take some somebody's dog, no, that's that's a that's across the, uh, the line right there, you know? Yeah, it's cold. Yeah. But of all the stories, this one was the one that had the most variation in details. Like, everywhere I saw it, it pretty much had something or other that was different. Even the guy's name was different depending on where the story was. And also there were some details, like for example, he was sitting there watching TV and he saw some strange symbols flash across the screen. I love it, man. I just, oh, it gives me chills. But on the other hand, it <laughs> does sound like something out of a movie, doesn't it? Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that, but I don't know. It, it doesn't line up all that well with uh, most of the other accounts of, of these uh, experiences, you know, whenever somebody else sees it, I, that's the only time I've ever heard about like uh, the Mothman supposedly, <laughs> uh, you know, affecting like a TV or something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I came across any other stories where that, where that happened. All right. Well, the next day they held a press conference and that would be on the 16th. Other people came forward with similar sightings. And also the, that day, the Point Pleasant Register ran a story titled, Couple Sees Man-Sized Bird dot 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 creature dot <laughs> dot dot something you gotta love these newspaper titles right i mean mm -hmm. i didn't make that up i mean that if i was making a headline title that's probably what i would have said and then i would have been like that's eh, probably a bit much maybe i should dial back a bit you know i like it though it's like some out of one of those sci-fi movies well it's a local paper too so yeah it's probably the only paper in circulation that's true and they, probably because it's a local paper they have a lot more leeway in what they're allowed to print i imagine than yeah mm -hmm. than like a, a oh, larger yeah. for their six thousand townspeople yeah <laughs> <laughs> that and they're never making their money back on that printing press <laughs> mm -hmm. so they're yeah, you know yeah i don't know why but it, like this uh poses the question also like uh if this is a bird man, like, uh, there should be some evidence left behind. And like the, the evidence that I thought of like pretty early on here is like poop. Hey, you ever had your, your car shit on by a bird? I know. Right. I'm just, I'm what just wondering. A giant like, bird with big red eye. Yeah. What, what about one of them motherfuckers? Can you imagine <laughs> the mess this thing would make just on your the hood? whole windshield? Yeah. Just oh, fucking dude. destroy the car. 
Yeah, windshield wipers would not be able be able to take care of it. Talk about for sure. DNA evidence. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where's that at? <laughs> yeah, where's the smoke and barrel? <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> there were over a hundred sightings during the next thirteen months in Point Pleasant. <laughs> I'm sorry, I derailed the whole thing right there, but it's just like sometimes, like when when these ideas pop into my dome piece, man. Like I, I gotta say them, otherwise I'm gonna forget it. I'll never remember it. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think some of us might have also been thinking it. We just didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I apologize for derailing the conversation no, no. here. No, I'm glad it's it's an important discussion to have, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, it is. That's, I mean, that's what all the skeptics are wondering. They can't blame it on Venus in this case, so they got to say, you know, where's where's the poo? Because nothing yeah, flying around yeah. flies around without leaving some poo. Hey, right? I mean, I remember reading a book like you know, uh, uh, kindergarten or first grade or something. Everybody, everybody poops. You know that's what I mean? True. <laughs> that is the story. <laughs> well, unless you're Kim Jong Un. Oh, I yeah. guess he doesn't. Oh, no, he okay. Doesn't I didn't know that. No, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have it surgically removed, or how does that work? <laughs> did, did, uh, I don't know. Did, how did we get that information? Was that Did that come from like Dennis Rodman or something? Or? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, privy information. I can't talk about it. Okay, yeah. What if Dennis Rodman is really like a CIA operative, and he went over I there? He's getting near him. To do what, like, like John CIA Claude Van Damme? stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> all right i don't know well, i don't know man i just yeah he has the perfect cover right nobody would suspect him that that would be true <laughs> he'd be the last person you'd suspect he's our last hope all right anyways let's get back to it there we're, all right we won so you know he did play in a movie where he was a super agent right like he was supposed with, to be with, like the new by the way Bond. with jean-claude van damme as a matter of fact uh, oh no kidding fact, what movie was that I, i'm 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 pretty sure it was action action movie, right? Uh, yeah, I forgot it was, but he wore like an old like a. I swear, the whole outfit is the same thing that Buffy. Uh, or I'm sorry, not Buffy, but uh, Kill Bill, <laughs> that yellow and black striped. Uh, motor- oh. I'm not kidding. There's so many things that are. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's good. Hmm. I love I love yeah. those movies. I yeah. gotta look it up. I'll, I'll find it. Dane Cook is that. his wacky sidekick and his like hum- humorous partner, and oh, it's yeah, just yeah. like he's so out of place. It makes no sense. Hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> back yeah. back to the show. There were over a hundred sightings <laughs> during the next thirteen months in Point Pleasant. People described a brown, gray, or black winged humanoid, more like an owl than a moth. He was seven feet tall with a 10 to 15 foot wingspan. Some witnesses said he didn't have a head, and his big, glowing eyes were in his chest. People who did see his face described it as monstrous. The mere sight of the Mothman caused witnesses to suffer extreme fear and psychological distress. Some said his eyes radiated pure evil. He shuffled when he walked, sort of like a penguin. When he flew off, he did so by going straight up at incredible speeds without flapping his wings. He was often reported chasing cars and even dive-bombing their roofs. Now, this is interesting because if you look through a mm-hmm. lot of these sightings, which I don't want to go through each, and it'd be kind of, you know, going over them would there's be a little a, bit much. Yeah, there's but, just too many. Yeah, but it, it's hard to believe that these are all just made up. But on the other hand, given the climate and the fact that it was being reported so heavily in the newspaper and whatnot, 
Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine that all of these are genuine as well. So it's hard to sort of say yeah. which ones are being made up because I guarantee some of these are just people having a gas or a laugh or whatever. Or mass hysteria. Yeah. Right. Or people that want somebody who wants attention and this is the way that they're trying to get it, you know. Yeah. And, you know, one of the one of the things that really kind of um struck me as uh being, you know, uh non existent, because I haven't seen all right, so you hear these stories about, you know, the Mothman um you know, either scratching or hitting the top of a car with uh, the wings or the claws, or what have you. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any photos or any evidence of uh, actual damage. Like, yeah. Damage, exactly. Yeah. So you'd think that would be out there. You, you right. know what I mean? But then again, this was in the '60s, so it would have been had to have been taken back yeah. then. Yeah. But and, I mean, it, but if you did get if your car did get attacked by this cryptid, you know what I mean, and, and it did some damage to the top, wouldn't you want to document that? Wouldn't that be part of the police report, for example? Yeah, you'd think so. I you mean, know? people had cameras back then, so you yeah, know, there cameras have been more. Were, were common. It wasn't you know a yeah. rare thing. There have been photos more recently. Actually, lots of photos online. If you look at you know, if you just Google Mothman pictures. Some of them look like genuine photos of something that looks really freaking creepy, but yeah, they do. Yeah. The software has gotten so good now that it's hard to, it's hard to even say if something's genuine anymore because I've even seen some video that there's, there's some video that if it is real, it is quite compelling, but to me, it just, it's so grainy and, and it's just not clear. Is it where it's like flapping around and it's super dark? Like, yeah, I saw a couple of them. One of them was like that, and then the other one was actually like a, like 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 open like day. Like it was just like it was the the skies were blue, and like you saw this thing flapping. Like it, it looked kind of like it could have been like maybe like the shape of a dragon or something like that. And like that's like what the people in the video were were talking about. I guess like like they were kind of referencing that, but um, it's it's not clear enough to really tell what the hell it is. You know what I mean? And, and here's the thing also is like distance makes a a difference. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you misjudge distance between you and an object that you're observing, then how the hell are you going to be able to estimate how big that object was? You, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and also in, in a split second too, because a lot of the, a lot of these, uh, these observations have been made in a very short period of time. It's not like a lot of these uh, encounters were, you know, somebody just sitting there looking at the thing. You know what I mean? So like in a split second of time, which is, uh, in my opinion, a good percentage of these, these uh, sightings, like how much can you really tell? Like, I, I get it that like you might see something in immediately like, yeah, your natural response, um, whether you know what you saw or not is going to be fear because your subconscious at least knows like, Hey, fear this, get away from this because it might be dangerous. Right. But I mean, in that, in that, that little moment of time in which, you know, a lot of, a lot of these, uh, sightings are made. I mean, how accurate can you really be? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Some of the sightings, like the one I, I talked about, they drove in their car and it was following them the whole way back, but not all of them were that long. Some of them were very mm-hmm. brief. And I think this is yeah. a case where uh, one of the very, very few cases where some sort of mass hysteria actually makes a little bit of sense because given the climate, you know, we're talking about a really small town and we're talking about people who may have been generally freaked out by what was being reported you know, if it's mm-hmm. nighttime, if you see a weird looking shadow, your imagination might go wild and you might think that you just saw something, you know? Well, it's like I was just showing Agent Anderson a video from India. They had stopped construction because they found these alien-like creatures up in the rafters. And they do look pretty creepy. 
there are these there are these um, long bird-like creatures with super long, um, almost like limbs and big brown eyes and very small amount of feathers. They they look super creepy, but they're actually just young owls. Yeah, they oh, look really. Okay. They look really creepy, really weird, <laughs> really weird. <laughs> were these like mummified bodies or something like that? No, of, they were living. They were living owls. But what you might not oh, realize, okay. if you lift up the the bottom of the owl where the feathers are, they have oh, super yeah. super long legs. Yes, yeah. and you can't see it. Normally, you think of an owl as having stubby little legs, but it doesn't. So these mm-hmm. younglings, which have no feathers, almost look like little humanoids, and then they have these huge black owl eyes and no feathers mm. so these people were totally freaked out it was all over the uh all over the media <laughs> yeah those pictures are pretty crazy looking mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> that sounds like it could be a very funny situation everybody's all freaked out and stuff what the holy hell is it's a demon or something like that you know or yeah you know but but uh like the first person that comes on a scene that has any kind of like intellect or any kind of education towards you know this type of thing you know they understand you know what what an owl looks like without the feathers or whatever you're like oh no guys that's that's those are owls well how does this get into <laughs> the news it's such like a little local you know thing that'd be like you were joking around with your friends at a bar or something and the next day it's like in the news and then it's like international. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, to be fair though, if I saw these things in person, I would probably crap myself. Like, especially at night, you know? Yeah, it was at night. Because they have, oh, hell yeah. their eyes are very Whoa. reflective. The shape of the thing yeah. does not look like a natural creature that you're used it's to seeing. like a brick shit house. It's going to mm-hmm. fucking take me away. Yeah. Oh, well, hey man, that. I mean, if I'm ever going to crap myself, I prefer it to be at nighttime. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. All right. Well, back to the Mothman. Okay. So the sightings culminated, we're talking about the sightings in Point Pleasant. They culminated in the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15th, 1967. Would you like to tell us a little bit about this bridge, Agent No, I have to flip through my notes first. Let me see. Okay. So this bridge was called the Silver Bridge. It was constructed during the Roaring Twenties. And we all know that was a time of like, optimism everybody was very prosperous some people considered it like the best time to be in america really that would be within the industrial revolution right yeah kind of kind of a little little late a little later yeah post-industrial revolution i think and uh so bridges were actually being built at this time across america and they were big events when a bridge was finished they had like a gala with marching bands and a mass crossing local media and when they opened the silver bridge it was no different it was this big affair and this bridge crossed from the state of ohio into west virginia and the main route was through point pleasant it was made out of steel but it was painted with this coating of aluminum so that's why they called it the silver bridge and i think later it was even painted a different color but the name kind of stuck. And when it did collapse, it would take less than one minute to fall. Wow. So suspension bridges, this one in particular, has these towers and then there's chains that are linked together, like almost like bicycle chains between the towers. And nowadays they use cables in between them so that they can kind of like twist with the wind and bend. But back then, they used these things called I-bars, which were these long lengths of steel and holes were drilled out of either side and these pins and caps were placed where the I-bars met. Mm. 
And that would be where the failure would occur. Over time, water had been pooling at the bottom of these eyes and there was rust. And as the pins moved, it was grating and creating gaps. And it was just this teeny tiny little fracture. It was like three millimeters long. And the eye bar would actually break in half, taking the whole tower down with it. The bridge would start to twist. It would take the other tower down and the whole thing would end up collapsing. Hmm. Off of hmm. such a tiny little flaw. Yeah, it was, well, it was also the material that was used. Unlike other bridges of the time, uh, you know, this was made of much lighter materials. It was a heat-treated steel, and it was very susceptible to brittleness at low temperatures. And the night of the collapse, the night of the accident, it was very cold out. And it was made to hold a certain amount of weight, but that was in the 20s. And over time, the amount of vehicles that was crossing the bridge had increased. These vehicles had gotten a lot heavier. There were traffic lights on either side, so the lights would turn green and all these cars would be on this old bridge at the same time. So it was a lot heavier of a load than maybe they had initially anticipated as well. So you have the fact that it's constructed differently, lighter with lighter materials, it's carrying this heavy load, and then you have these brittle cracks along these eye bars. And uh, back then, you know, no safety inspections were required at all. And after the collapse of the bridge, that's when I think it was President Johnson would issue uh, some sort of decree. <laughs> we don't do decrees in the U.S., but <laughs> legislation <laughs> would be passed such that now bridges are uh, inspected every two years. Hmm. Yeah. Well, because that, that collapse was one of the biggest, I mean, devastating bridge collapse in American American history because there's, there what, 46 people that died? Yeah. Right? Yeah. At the time, was it was a, the yeah, biggest It was a big one. deal. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that there would be that kind of a reaction to it. I, I would hope there would be. You know what I mean? Right. There was a sister bridge. I think it was the St. Mary, and they closed that one, too, because it was of similar um, construction. Construction. But around the, around the rest of the country, they were built differently. They weren't built of the same materials, and they were built to carry a much heavier load, so they're still in operation today. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Is that all you had on the bridge, Agent Ether? I don't know. I could go on, but, you know, it's a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's the Silver Bridge, right? The Sorry, Silver the, Bridge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the 46 people that died. He's always synonymous with some sort of catastrophe that happened. Apparently, uh, I don't know. I'm sure you guys got to that part where um, there was a, a Russian ufologist that claimed that the Mothman sightings in Moscow foreshadowed, you know, the Russian apartment bo bombings that happened, and that left like 300 plus people dead. Well, I'm let's mistaken. let's get to that in just a moment. I'll, I want to oh, finish. Bad. I want to finish up with the bridge here because there's a little bit more on it. So that was the technical stuff on the bridge, but it does tie into the Mothman sightings. So on November 19th, 1967, Mary Heyer had a nightmare of people drowning in the Ohio River near Point Pleasant. She saw Christmas packages floating in the water, and she had the feeling that something bad was going to happen. She shared this dream with her close friend, John Keel, who would later go on to write The Mothman Prophecies, which would be turned into a major motion picture starring Richard Gere. Other people in Jules. Point 
You what? Oh, I, I'm I'm sorry. I had a Freudian slip there. I think I just said gerbils out loud without meaning oh. to. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably uh, um, what a strange urban legend, too. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, that's one of the more bizarre ones. I think, <laughs> which if you're not familiar with it, then you're lucky. You uh, <laughs> let's. <laughs> Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and leave the <laughs> leave the listeners ignorant on that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, other people in Point Pleasant also dreamt of impending disaster. Before its collapse, the Mothman had been seen several times around the bridge. And on the day of the collapse, people saw the Mothman actually perching on top of the bridge. And after it collapsed, he was, uh, after the bridge collapsed, the sightings of the Mothman in Point Pleasant stopped entirely. Some interpret this as meaning that the Mothman was giving a premonition or a warning that the bridge was going to collapse, especially combined with the people having dreams about things like uh, Christmas packages and stuff like that, because when it collapsed, it was during rush hour, and a lot of the people had just done Christmas shopping and they had Christmas presents in their car. Coincidence? Could be. I don't know. Uh, So we already said how many... So nine people were injured in addition to the 46 that had been... Unfortunately, that had been killed in the collapse of the bridge. There have been many sightings of the Mothman ever since all around the world. He often shows himself just before a tragic event or disaster. And some people think he's an agent of good trying to save people from an early demise. Other people think that he causes the disaster and that he's an agent of evil and chaos. And Now, we have a bunch of these sightings. Why don't you tell us about the one that you were going to start on, Agent Kruger? The one in Moscow? Was it Moscow? Yeah, nothing too, uh, like, uh, exciting there. I was just trying to, like, go off of what she was saying just because of this, like, you know, it being around something uh, before, it, you know, something bad happens. Uh, but I was going to say, though, if anything, there's usually, I correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't owls, uh, you know, related to some sort of foreshadowing? Or, like, if you see an owl and you're by yourself, there's, that's supposed to be you know, a foreshadow for somebody in your life that's supposed to, like, something's supposed to happen. And if he's anything like an owl, you know what I mean? He has some features like of an owl and a bat. You know, I don't know. Like, maybe they use that. I don't know. Well, some people think it actually was an owl. Yep, that's one of the theories, mm-hmm. although that's one heck of an owl. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah, mute, it is. It's a mutant owl because uh, there was toxic waste from the bunkers. Yep, that is also <laughs> one of the theories. <laughs> that it, like a bat owl. Because those grounds, the TNT area, actually are, well, I don't know about still, but they were contaminated with all sorts of abandoned chemicals and whatnot. So that is one of the theories, that there was some sort of mutated creature that somehow mutated because of the chemicals and then started... You know, dive bombing well, cars I mean, in the area. <laughs> the, the main the main ingredient in dynamite or TNT is nitroglycerin, and through that process to make nitroglycerin, there's some nasty shit that you you know, like yeah, yeah, they, 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 some serious uh, environmental damage that can happen when that stuff is released in high levels. You know, well, but, uh, the, the main ingredient in nitrogen is uh, mutagen. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or not? I don't know. I prob- probably not. Okay, so one of the, actually, there's an earlier sighting that is very similar, but it happened way before the one in Point Pleasant. In 1926, in China, actually, people saw what they described as a man-dragon hovering over the Jean Tay Dam. 
That's X-I-A-O-N. I'm really not sure how to pronounce that, but Jean? Jean? Tay? Is it with an X? Yeah. You said? Zhao. Zhao? Okay. Zhao Tay, T-E, over the Zhao Tay Dam. On January 19th, the dam collapsed, spilling 40 billion gallons of water into the valley, killing over 15,000 people. And the descriptions are pretty darn similar to the Mothman sightings, which is kind of interesting because this happened in 1926 and it's a completely different culture. So when you have, you know, similar sightings, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, this one probably is not some sort of copycat type deal because it's unlikely that the people in China could have time traveled to see the reports in Point Pleasant. And it's also unlikely that the people in Point Pleasant would be reading Chinese newspapers And anyways, that disaster in China was supposedly kind of covered up because, you know, it's not too flattering to the government who (laughs) probably built this dam that ended up killing so many people. Mm -hmm. But uh, who knows? Who knows for sure? It could just be a coincidence, but it's very interesting. Mothman-like creatures or depictions have been tied to all kinds of big, like, world events. Like, I mean, for example, Chernobyl. Supposedly, (laughs) workers... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did that on purpose. Anyways, <laughs> so so workers workers around Chernobyl had seen a large black bird like creature flying above the site weeks uh, in the previous weeks leading down to that uh, leading up to that meltdown, and I find that very interesting. You know, I mean, it's not like this is a it's not a big like a uh, thing that you hear around Chernobyl, but you know, I did find that out. Uh, while investigating this, you know, and it's crazy because like before, before I found out we're going to do this episode, like, yeah, I was familiar with Mothman, you know, but I didn't, I had no idea that this is like, it was, it was this spread out. Like there are these, like there are similar cryptids, whether they be Mothman or not, they they seem to be described as almost the same thing in a lot of cases. You know, I was very surprised to find out how widespread these stories are, you know, it's 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 pretty damn uh, interesting. I think I, I think it's a uh, it's probably not a coincidence. I would say you know, but I mean like not just Chernobyl. I mean shit. If you go to uh, uh, one of my one of my favorite stories actually because it's it's one of the stories that supports the uh, idea that the Mothman is actually trying to warn people, um, you know, uh, about a disaster that's about to happen and trying to save people perhaps as opposed to being the one that causes the the disaster or whatever, you know? So on uh, September 10th, 1978 in uh, Freiburg, Germany, there was a coal mine and it was uh, the beginning of a shift and the, there was coal mine workers going up to the coal mine and they got to the entrance of the coal mine. And um, by the way, this, this creature uh, over there is called the, the, the Freiburg Shrieker from what I understand. A and Freiburg uh, so, Shrieker. But it, it, it's it's very similar to the description of Mothman. So 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 check this out. They got to the uh, towards the entrance of the mine, and they see this figure. Right, I think the back of the figure was was towards them at the point. Uh, at this point, in the uh, these these workers are are telling this thing that they see blocking the entrance of the mine. Hey, get out of the way! You know we need to start our shift. What have you? You know, and uh, the thing turns around, and it is very tall, um, has bat like wings and red eyes. And it's a it's a human a humanoid like like creature. They can tell for sure that it's not a human, you know, but it's shaped somewhat like it. Um, as soon as that happens, uh, this this creature uh, gives out like a series of very loud shrieks, and they described it as something as like uh, 
like like 50 men screaming and also like the the, the screech of a uh, train's brakes like locking up you know um like like think about that like i, I don't know how to quite you know <laughs> I've never heard that before, but that's a pretty compelling description of the sound that they supposedly heard, you know? Sounds oh, I did awful. It again. I did it again just now, didn't I? Anyways, so so uh <laughs> so the 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 workers fled out of the area, the immediate area, out of terror, obviously, because they're I mean, if you see something like this, you're like, holy fuck, we we better get the hell out of here. I don't know what that is, you know. So uh, about one hour later, there was actually an explosion in the mine, and the mine collapsed. And um, it was, you know, it was a, a pretty substantial collapse, collapse, uh, uh, collapsing, whatever. God damn it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> My brain is farting, you guys. A collapse, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, it was very substantial. And um, if all those workers were had been in the mine during this point in time, they would have, most of them would have been dead for sure. So th- this is one of those stories that supports the idea that the Mothman may be actually trying to save people and warn people of a coming, you know, um, you know, destruction of something, you know, or, you know, a, a, a bad event, you know? Yeah. That's probably one of the more famous stories because of uh, just, uh, well, what I like about it is that there's a definite cause and effect there. It's not like the, the um, bridge collapse, where you mm-hmm. could say, well, maybe he was warning him, maybe he wasn't. This one, he was like physically blocking them and screaming yeah. at them. In his language, he was probably saying, hey, fuck off. This thing's going to collapse. That's, you know, and yeah. Mothman. You guys want to die? You don't yeah. want to fucking die, right? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the more, I don't know, it's, it's a really interesting story, I think. It's one of the better ones. What if it's a tortured soul that's just trying to warn it? Oh, sorry. I have a story where, where they also describe the screaming kind of sound. It's around the Chicago area in 2017 during a solar eclipse. And uh, there was this family and they heard this sound and they said it was kind of like uh, the squeaking of truck brakes, but much louder. And then they heard it again for three seconds and then they saw this large object flying over the docks. And of course, it had the humanoid features and the limbs and the bat like wings. Yeah. I just Im- imagine that sound. I hate, I hate screeching truck brakes. That's one of the things I really don't like. You know, you're sitting there <laughs> enjoying your day, maybe having lunch at a nice restaurant, and then a truck comes by, like, ah. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Oh. You know, Chicago is actually. Chicago is a very interesting place when it comes to uh, the, the Mothman because recently, well, I mean, not so recently, but like uh, from what I understand, in like 2017, 2018, there was actually quite a surge of, of Mothman-like like uh, um, experiences for people. You know, like what people were reporting a Mothman-like creature that they were observing. You know, and from what I understand, um, a lot of a lot of these uh, people claimed to have seen it around. Um, the Sears Tower, or, or what is it? It's not called the Sears Tower anymore. What, what is it called? No idea. I don't live Ooh. in Chicago. In Chicago? <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Are you sure it's the tall, tall building? It would be the is Sears. That? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. At any rate, freaking, uh, yeah, I, I find it interesting that, like, Chicago, out of all places, would have, you know, a rash of sightings, you know what I mean, for for the Mothman. You know, it's, right. I don't know, it, it's, not, it's not your typical type of place that you would think that this would happen, you know, because most of the places that you see people claiming to have seen the Mothman, what have you are more forested. Like it's not a city. 
It's not the concrete jungle. No, right. Mean, just to confirm everything, he's not. We, we've ruled out extraterrestrial, right? That he's not from well, a different planet. Actually, oh, it can always, we'll, we'll, always be extraterrestrial, man. We'll get <laughs> we'll get to that. Actually, that sounds like a theory. Well, there is actually, yeah. I, Agent Ether might have some notes on that. I definitely have some notes on that, but we'll, we'll maybe do that in a little bit. But let's see here. Um, we talked about Chernobyl, right? Yeah. 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 Well, we we touched on it. Yeah. Yeah. So it just he was seen flying around Chernobyl by workers and residents, and he was spotted uh, just before the meltdown and was seen flying through the smoke and ashes after the event. So I guess he's immune to radiation. Well, good for him. <laughs> but it would make sense because he was created by this yeah. toxic radiation. So maybe Chernobyl. You know, there's a link there. Yeah. Chernobyl also just, had a lot of just you like know, the toxic Avenger. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the fact that he's seen over so many decades kind of suggests that if it's one creature, then it's more of a supernatural kind of a creature rather than something that's, you know, sort of just like a regular creature that just so happens to be flying around the areas. You well, know? some people think it's immortal. Mm. There's just one. Yeah. It's immortal. That, yeah, well, of course, uh, of course, Mothman's immortal. Come on. <laughs> There was also a sighting around um, the Twin Towers around 9-11, and some people said that on the day of the attack, they saw him flying a parallel course with the second plane that hit the towers. And this one I'm less inclined to believe because mm -hmm. we have a lot of camera footage of that second plane, at least enough to see that there's no Mothman flying next to it, you know. But hey, who knows, maybe it was on the other side of the plane and you couldn't see him or Maybe he was, uh, you know, some sort of wavelength. You can't really catch him on film or something. I don't know. Maybe he was trying to stop it, but failed. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But that's another yeah. one of the more prominent ones. Well, and that one kind of goes against it, too, because even though those planes probably weren't flying at their maximum speed, um, none of the other reports that I'm aware of say that the Mothman was flying hundreds of miles an hour, like as fast as a jet. I mean, that's pretty fast. But yeah, who knows, you know? Who knows about this stuff? I mean, if he's a supernatural creature, then I guess anything's possible. But yeah, I mean, I it's sorry. I just found it funny that or not funny. It sucks that people suffered from it, but it seems like anyone who would lay their eyes on it during Chernobyl that would suffer from intense nightmares and receive threatening phone calls, like as if Mothman, <laughs> Mothman's like in the phone booth, like calling him up, like, "Hey, fucker." Yeah. I saw you looking at me. <laughs> well, all right. So, so, you know, I mean, you know, the Mothman is from, you know, um, you know, Virginia or what have you, and then the, the Appalachia area or what have you, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, he would, if the man, the Mothman was real and could speak English or any language, you know, he'd have a Southern draw. I mean, he'd have an accent, right? So, I mean, what, what, what do you think well, he'd sound like? everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, what was that Mr. Tao? I find I find that <laughs> I, I find that draw offensive. Well, I'm just saying. I'm, I wonder. I just wonder if he, he'd have an accent or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's true. I uh, mean, I suppose everybody has an accent. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we have American accents. We do, I suppose. <laughs> so yeah, so some of the more prominent exciting uh, excitings. What am I just saying? Some of the more prominent sightings were um, though. I don't really want to go over every single because they're all very similar, but. Some that we haven't talked about, if you want to look up more of them, are the I-35 bridge collapse in 2007, oh, yeah. the swine mm. flu outbreak in La Junta, Mexico in 2009, um, Cornwall, England in 1976, 
and the Fukushima nuclear power plant in 2011. And there's a lot more. Those are just some of the more prominent ones. And I have a... Are we just waiting for Corona when he's spotted before coronavirus was? I know, right? So I I have a story from the internet, which is a lesser known story, but it's a personal anecdote. And sometimes I find these to be very, very interesting because they're not well published. And if somebody's typing this up on some forums, I got this one from the Above Top Secret forums. Um, Yeah, sure, they could be doing it for the entertainment value of other people. But on the other hand, they're not trying to get it published and they're not trying to profit off of it. So it's kind of interesting from that perspective. So this is what they had to say. These are the events as they happened on Friday, September 30th, 2011 in the area around Miller Park in the University Park neighborhood in Chicago, Illinois approximately one block from the main campus of the University of Illinois at Chicago. Things began like any normal Friday night. I and a couple of friends were going to go out to have a few drinks at a local bar. As I got to my apartment, I jumped into the shower to start getting ready while my roommate went to her room to get ready. I finished and walked out of the bathroom to my room and started to get ready to head out for the night. As I started to get dressed, I heard my roommate scream loudly. I dropped what I was doing and I ran to her room to see if she was alright. I walked in to see her cowering in the corner of her room, white as a ghost and shaking. She was babbling hysterically, saying that something was looking in at her from the window. I looked toward the window and didn't see anything but the light coming from other apartment across the courtyard. I asked what she had seen and tried to tell her that she might have been mistaken. We live on the third floor of a five-story apartment building, and there's nothing outside the window but a 30-foot drop straight down the court, straight down to the courtyard below. And that's sort of, uh, maybe it's Mothman, maybe it's not, but basically the witnesses thought it was Mothman. Maybe it was some creep on really tall stilts. I mean, who knows? <laughs> or like John Belushi on a ladder? Looking through the window, animal house. Yeah, but to me, it sort of seemed, whatever that was, it might have been an owl hovering outside of the window, I don't know, but it seemed like a, a genuinely, it seemed like terrifying a terrifying experience. Yeah, it seemed or like a, sand, a genuine story. A Sandhill Crane. Yeah, <laughs> really. Have we, talked, have we talked about the Sandhill Crane yet? No, we have not. I was actually, that's the next thing I have in my notes. I was just going to get to that. Well, shit, but, you know, best time as any, you know? I, yeah. I, the Sandhill Crane, as far as size goes, is the best natural experience, uh, explanation Sorry, that I, I could think of, you know, because it is a, a very large bird, and it does have red, uh, not on its eyes, but around its eyes on the top, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it has a very large wingspan, so, like, like if you want to feed into the uh, the notion that you could have a mutated bird around that TNT uh, factory, that rundown factory, then that would I, be more likely than an owl, I would think, because of just sure, sure size. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, I think the Sandhill Crane is a much better explama- explanation than some sort of owl. And it wouldn't yeah. even necessarily have to be mutated. Like, what if you got the Shaquille O'Neal of, you know, Sandhill Cranes, like one that was unusually yeah. large for the species? An alpha crane. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so from what I understand, the Sandhill Crane isn't, is not super common in the Point Pleasant area, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it wouldn't be out of the question for one to show up there either. So it yeah. has been there. It's been documented as being in right in that immediate area before. 
Right. right. So of, of all the possible explanations, if you want to go for something that's just, you know, a reasonable explanation or um, something terrestrial, I guess, I think that's probably the best explanation. Yeah. And, and, you know, it would make a lot of sense, too, that, like, if that area didn't see those type of birds very often at all, you know, then those res- those residents might have seen that bird and like, what the holy hell? You know, like, <laughs> like especially if it was a... Uh, a brief encounter, you know what I mean? Where they didn't have that good of eyes on the target, I guess you could say whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, then yeah, they could have mistook it for something very different than what it really was. I know? feel like that might've explained maybe the mass sightings, right? People seeing something uh-huh. out of like the corner of their eye, but it doesn't right. explain yeah. the primary sightings and the ones that lasted any length of time. Right. And- I agree, Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And it and with these sightings, have they circled back and doubled back on them and like come back and yeah, you know, uh, we no, well, okay. like yeah, there there's been some sightings where the people have gone back to the the area, the location of the sighting the next day, and actually found like like what they describe as like a pile of ash or something weird. Like uh, uh, I remember this one um one one of the interviews I I I saw it was a video that I, I saw uh, while researching this, and I forget the guy's name. It, it was it just didn't seem that important to me to like like write down the notes, you know what I mean? But it was just something I was watching and the lead up to this, you know. But uh, the guy had had uh, described finding like uh, what he described as like a a, a filleted carcass of a uh, deer on the side of the road, right where he had seen um, this Mothman creature. I see First driving a by German it. shepherd, then a deer. What's the world yeah. coming to? Right. <laughs> well, and some versions of the story with the two couples said, says that they, on the way out or on the way in, or one way they saw like a dead dog on the side of the road and on the way back, it was gone. And some people mm-hmm. say that maybe that was the guy who was watching TV. Maybe that was his dog, but it, I don't know if that was, I'd have to go to their original statement to see if they really said that. Cause it seems like something that was sort of embellished yeah. on there to me. Maybe it's from the yeah, movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody seen the movie? Yeah, I saw it when I was younger. I remember that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch it on the lead up to this just because like, uh, why? You know, like, <laughs> but like, I do remember watching it. I mean, it's an all right movie, especially when, when you, you know, consider the quality of movies nowadays. But, you know, yeah, it's, it was all right, you know? Mm-hmm. This made me want to watch the movie. I'm like, what is, what is this movie about? Because there were a mass amount of reportings like people came out of the woodworks to report mothman sightings like in the decade following the release of this movie yeah i wonder maybe maybe that had something to do with it well a lot of them said oh this reminded me of something that actually happened in my childhood i mean Hmm. there could be you know sometimes like people need other people like to know that there's other like victims out there for them to come forward kind of thing where it's like oh i'm not alone so I'll do it. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, for sure. So that guy, John Keel, that wrote the, that wrote the book, The Mothman Prophecies, I mean, he he definitely took some liberties when, you know, embellishing the story, I guess you could say, you know? Mm. Yeah, but I also but read like, that he did actually interview people who had yes. reported sightings as well. Yes, that, that was, uh, I was about to touch on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he did his due diligence when, when it came to the uh, uh, his research, you know? Yeah, and anybody writing a creative story, they're going to have to take some liberties to make it a readable story and not like of some course. some dry newspaper article. You can't do a whole novel on something like that, you know? Yeah, You want yeah. people to actually buy the book. 
Yeah. Not yeah. not be yeah. self-published. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the other explanations that people think might be, well, not really an explanation, but people think there might be some relation. Have you guys heard of the grinning man? I have heard of that, that particular tale before. Is but, it like a boogeyman? Huh. Uh, not well in this case. No, there, there's different uh, yeah. types of grinning men, I think. But yeah, even this, the name sounds creepy. It's almost yeah. like a slender man almost too. It's like somebody, it's like this big, tall, lanky figure that like creeps in the shadows in the dark. And all you see is just his grin and his, uh. his like his eyes. And then when you get near it, it's like this big, obscure, like creature that just, it's massive. I don't but like it looks this tiny. story. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. So there's a, there was a story in near Point Pleasant, I think about a week before the Mothman was sighted, and there was a UFO sighting, and somebody saw the U- the, uh, a creature get out of the UFO, and the uh, alien, I guess, for lack of a better word, introduced himself as Indrid Cold, and this is, also, this is a, the Grinning Man. There might be some people think there might be some kind of connection, but what that connection is isn't exactly clear. Maybe the Mothman is some kind of extraterrestrial or the witnesses, you know, saw Indrid Cold or I, I don't know what the connection is. But some of the Mothman witnesses were questioned by men in black types who spoke in robotic tones and they supposedly had pale translucent skin and told people to keep quiet about their sightings. Do not report your sighting, which is <laughs> please sit on my face. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> oh, that's the wrong command. Which Sorry. I, I don't I don't know why you would send out such bizarre looking men in black to quiet people because those people in and of themselves sound like a cryptid sighting. If you wanted people to keep quiet about something, you wouldn't send another cryptid to tell them to not talk <laughs> about the first cryptid. You would you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just come like, oh, I stabbed myself. <laughs> Give me the other knife. I'll I'll stick the other <laughs> knife to get the other <laughs> knife out. Yes. Ah. <laughs> oh it is but a but a mere flesh wound. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Agent Ether already mentioned uh, Chief Cornstalk a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Chief Cornstalk. That he was murdered and his... By an angry mob. He, well, I oh have a different God. version of this story, actually, that he was he went to negotiate with the people at Point Pleasant because, you know, they were sort of buttonheads a little bit. And he was detained. And then his son came two days later and his son was also detained. And a couple days after that... Two deer hunters were ambushed and killed by Native Americans. Enraged soldiers actually murdered the chief and his son as revenge. And his dying words, because, you know, I guess this, is, this version is based on an opera. <laughs> so, <laughs> as he's dying, the chief said, I was the border man's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and lands. I refuse to join your pale face enemies with the red coats. I came to the fort as your friend and you murdered me. You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the great spirit rest upon the land. Those are some long dying words. I know. Wait, it's not, it's not all. I, oh, I, I just, okay, I, there's more. I, I have to scroll down. May it be blighted by nature. May it even be blighted in its hopes. May the strength of its people be paralyzed by the strain, by oh, strain, by the stain of our blood. And not just the Mothman, but there's a lot of strange events in the areas that are sort of interpreted as being related to this curse. But then again, who knows? It's sort of at this point like a myth, a local mythology that 
I mean, did this guy even say these words? Was this even a real chief? I'm not even sure, you know? Maybe? I I don't know. I think he was definitely a historical figure. I don't know about the uh, opera. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the dying words. Part, no, he, you know? no, he he definitely, there's, there's, there's a picture of him. I saw a picture of him. Okay, okay. He, he definitely existed, for sure. All right. That's about all the notes I had for this episode, or that's all I had for the Mothman sightings, except usually the third week of every September, there's a Mothman festival in Point Pleasant, which, man, I would love to go to that. That's one of the ones that, like, I would love to check off the list. You yeah. know what I mean? Because why so not, cool. dude? Yeah. And, hey, hey, and by the way, have you ever seen the, the statue that they erected in their- Oh, the, the yeah. Center? That's an awesome oh, statue. Dude. Oh, the abs, bro? Yeah. Hey, you seen that ass? <laughs> Bro, dude, hey, <laughs> that statue has an ass on it. Like well, I've never seen. Stop performing like, fellatio on our statue. They're just killed. <laughs> I'm just saying, whoever made that statue, like, like, there's a couple like key points where they definitely focused a lot of attention. Yeah, <laughs> that statue do have cake though. Well, not yeah. only can you see pictures, they actually thick. have a live webcam where you can go. It's it's like the <laughs> Mothman cam that's um, maintained by the museum. And uh-huh. you can go and watch a live video feed of the statue any time of day or night, which <laughs> nice. I found to be completely bizarre because why would you need a live feed of the statue? Like you, you hey, sit there. No. Have you ever seen the statue? I have. Yeah. Why, why not? Why I, wouldn't I, I want a live feed of this <laughs> motherfucker? Well, I, I watched the statue. I watched the live feed for a few minutes, maybe five or 10 minutes. And Sure enough, every few minutes a car drives by and uh, that was it. It was pretty late when I was watching it, like maybe around midnight or something. I was hoping something creepy would happen, but nothing But then did. the statue, though, is still there, you know? <laughs> I'm like, like, hey, like we're talking about, have you ever seen the ass on that motherfucker? Dude? Oh, yeah. I, I have. I have indeed. Do I'm, just saying, I'm just saying this all. We're going to see Agent ETA dressed up like a mothman doing things to that statue if you go to that live webcam I don't want to know what Agent ETA is doing while he's watching the live webcam. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm not going to lie. After I looked at the abs and the ass on that statue, I may have cleared my browser catch a little bit, you know, just just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. That museum gets gets good marks from the people who visit it. I went to TripAdvisor and everyone was like, oh, this is such a cool place to visit and it's well-maintained and I bought all this merch and check out what I bought. It, they got pictures of the inside of it you can check out online. It does look like a pretty damn cool place. Like, it's not that big. It's just a little museum, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, they said there's a lot of historical mm. stuff there, like a little miniature bridge. And they talk about, like, the history of the bridge and how it collapsed. And there's, like, a little memorial to it and about the history of the area and that sort of thing. Hmm. Definitely be an awesome place to visit. Yeah, for sure. All right. Do uh, does anybody else have anything else on the uh, Mothman? Well, you know, nothing too crazy. What about the fact that he could be an extraterrestrial? Oh yeah, I talked about that a little bit. That was tied into the Grinning Man. That's what I had on that. Did you have anything on that, Agent Ether? What about what about the poop though? The lack thereof. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, poop. <laughs> Aliens don't poop. Well, if I ever go to Point Pleasant, I'm going to scour the lands for big giant owl turds. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just wanted to mention that uh, West Virginia has more documented UFO activity than any other place in America. And that in part is because a lot of accounts are abound in reports, uh, like in Project Blue Book. Mm -hmm. But also it's home to one of the first UFO sightings reported in the U.S. It was over the New River George, now a national park. The mayor, um, one Garnett, 
said that he actually saw a UFO over the Skyland. There's some sort of uh, object over Mount Hope. This was in January of 1950. Uh, there's very little information that's left. He at one point erected a small monument, I guess, and buried a time capsule, but they've both gone missing. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, If you can look at the Blue Book files. They're online. And uh, I think on a website called Fold3, which I believe is actually put up by um, like a Mormon organization of all things, unless I'm mistaken. But it's really cool just to look through a lot of these old cases. Many of them are anonymous. Some of them are not. And some of them are very short. But if you look through like a particular year and filter by a particular region, you can start to see some patterns where multiple witnesses are seeing very similar things over even on, you know, sometimes the same day or maybe over a few weeks or something. I actually, I kind of want to go through, maybe do an episode where we just go through some random blue book files because there's a ton of them and they are uh, very, cool. very cool. interesting. Oh yeah. yeah. Some of them are, some of them are really long. Like the, um, the one I did on my first episode on, there's a blue book file, the, uh, you know, the Michigan swamp gas. And that one is like a couple hundred pages, I believe. So that one is really long, but most of them are just these short little reports, you know, just a couple of pages. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm down to do that. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a fun topic. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess that about wraps it up this for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, you could really help us out by sharing us on social media or recommending us to your friends. Keep it strange.